Good morning. It's great to see all of you here today. And I tell you what, there, there almost wasn't a building here to be here today. If you've been watching the news a little bit, we were like one inch away from enough rainfall to take the building out again. And, you know, I have to be honest, we would have dealt with it superbly. We would have, would have been grand and we would have done all great things. But I'll tell you what, in the middle of Christmas, I was like, please, Lord, let's just not do it this, this weekend. If we could put it off for another weekend. So I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm glad what God's doing in all of our lives. Let me just remind you, we do not have church next Sunday. It is okay. It's um, Sunday. It's, it can be football Sunday for you next week. And what we're doing is we'll be doing our Christmas Eve service at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock. Now, we'll do a lot of work to make sure that that's a great event for you and for your family. This is one of the times in the year, like two or three times in the year, you get to coerce people by using stuff and withholding goods from them to make them come to church with you. So any talk about a new PlayStation 3 or any kind of gift that you've got for your son, tell him, listen, you know, you can get it if you'll just do me a favor and come to church with us. We will only, service will only last for an hour, and rumor has it it's probably going to end with some snow. So it's going to be a really good time. We'll present the gospel in, in, a, in a very seasonal kind of way. It will be a, a friendly environment to be in. So they're expecting you to ask. If you have somebody that's not interested normally, this is the weekend that you'd be able to do that. So no church next Sunday, but then on Christmas Eve, we'll have two services. And also, uh, we'd like to invite you to go pick up your free copy of Verizon Shine. It is a, um, uh, a CD, I guess is what we still call them. I was going to say a record, an album. But it, you can pick it up from the guest services. It has music that was written here at Crosstown and performed by the Crosstown worship team so that you can drive around in your car and you can have a part of that worship experience uh, take it home with you as well. So feel free to swing by, pick it up. It's free. You can have a copy of it and just kind of celebrate what God is doing here across town. So Advent. Advent has been a really cool time. And, and I think I told you that Christmas is not necessarily an easy thing to do as a pastor, especially if you like communicating with any kind of zing, because um, it's, it's been told before. You all, you all know what the story ends like. You, you know who the major players are. You, you've seen it done in so many ways. I mean, I was a part of a church where in the middle of telling the Christmas story, a donkey rides in the service, and there's a young girl from the youth ministry on the donkey, and then the donkey goes up. I mean, I can't top that. I mean, I, there's just no way that I can do any better than that. And, and a lot of times, I think even as Christians, we we look at the Christmas story, and it kind of fits into a, a rut for us. And God began really showing me some of the elements that I thought I had already known. And I thought I knew what they meant. And over the last couple of weeks, it's kind of shown me something fresh and something new, and it's speaking to me through it. So we, we started looking at different elements. The first element we looked at was the role of these Old Testament prophets. And we saw that through these prophets that God was was exerting his will. He was communicating and embedding in human history these prophecies of events that he was going to have take place in the future. 
and that was important to me as a skeptic, that I could see that there is this intelligent mind that has the ability to, against all mathematical probability, begin to forecast 500 years before the events take place, the events that would unfold as we know them in the Christmas story. But it was more than just you know, statistical improbability. What it communicated to me was the intentionality of God. That is, human history just kind of lines up and goes generation after generation after generation. All of a sudden, in these particular moments, God cut in line, and he, and he kind of communicated to us that he's interested in the events of what goes on in our lives. And he, and he wanted to communicate to us kindness. Um, let's see, yesterday, we celebrated Deanna's birthday, and... Um, I, I, I know Deanna really well. She's been a child of mine all of her life. And well, I know what Deanna likes. I know what, what kind of turns her on, what her interests are. So the plan was that she would drive over about 9 o'clock, and we would have breakfast together as a family. So we got up early, me and Susan, we began to prepare the house for her. And so what that meant is that you probably put on Lord of the Rings on TV, because that's what she wants, Lord of the Rings. There's certain kind of music that she wants, and so we had that plan. And I, I lit candles throughout the house and had them burning and, and I made sure that the house had a fresh smell to it. We, I, I, you know, we got the bacon cooking a little bit early because you can smell the bacon when you're outside of my house, and we wanted her to be able to smell it as soon as she got out. Um, there were, we, we have these signs that we put up whenever it's somebody's birthday. In every, in every room throughout the lower part of the house, we have all these little signs that say happy birthday. So you, everywhere you go, there's a happy birthday sign. So we prepared all of that for her. And then I also knew that she likes a particular set of teacups that we normally store away, but these were special teacups, but we brought out the special teacups, and there's a little green one that she likes with a gold handle, and there's a little uh, blue saucer that she likes, and she puts it on there, and it's really nice. I know exactly how she likes her coffee. She likes no sugar, but she likes it a little dark, like she said, her men, and that's what she said. Uh, she married this wonderful Filipino gentleman, fulfilled her coffee dreams. And so, um, so she, I know exactly what she likes. I mean, she really likes... So I was tracking her. I know it sounds kind of creeperish, but I was tracking her on Find My Friends. And I actually was like, okay, she's in her car and they're driving down here. So what I did was that when they pulled into the driveway, I was walking out the door. And as she got out of her car, um, there I have a cup of coffee for her the way that she wants it. And, and she had the response that I wanted her to have. That was that, oh, dad, you know. And, and that's what the prophets were. The prophets were the hanging of the signs, declaring an awareness of you and me in the events. It was the preparing of the room. It was the lighting of the candles. It was putting on the music beforehand. It was these prophetic um, ideas of intentionality, about kindness, about what God was thinking about us before even time had unfolded to reveal the whole plan. And so God, through the Christmas story, fulfills all the stories, and then he hands us the teacup, and he invites us to be a part of it and to enjoy it. So then we went on and we learned more about the story through Adam, not through Adam and Eve, but through Mary and Joseph. Because through Mary and Joseph, we, we understand that no matter what God does, no matter how well I prepared the house, no matter how 
perfectly I might have gotten the coffee or the, how good the greeting was, that all those kinds intentions of God have to be met with the taking of the cup and deciding that I want to receive the intentions of God and I want to respond to the, the intentions of God. Now, Deanna could have gotten out of the car and seen me with that cup and say, oh, that's not, the, that's not my cup. I don't like that. She could have swatted it out of my hands and said, I can't believe you, you know, brought this out to me, Dad. That wasn't the kind of response that I got. But through Mary and Joseph, we find out that all the intentions of God have to be responded to. There's got to be a receptiveness to it. There's got to be this response. And that's why I love Matthew 1 where it says, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. Is that the way God moves in our lives, the kingdom of God advances in our lives, is this, is this unfolding of this story. Not just the historical record of how Jesus was born, but this is how Jesus is born in all of our lives. The, the kind intentions beforehand of God, the grace, and then the receptiveness of Mary and Joseph and how we are willing and open to receive and respond to the gospel. That this is a fractal representation of how God advances in all of our lives. That he presents his intentions. He, protect, he presents the little green cup and the coffee to us. But then we decide how we respond to it. And that's why when Mary responded the way she did, she responded how we are to respond. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. That, that is the receptiveness, the taking of the cup, the receiving of the kind intentions of God. But, you know, today we're going to take a look at a different element of this Christmas story. And there's this really cool theme that is unfolding in it. And it's going to involve a couple different components. It's going to involve the wise men, the, like the star. It's going to involve the shepherds. It's going to involve the angels. And, and there's a theme that links all these guys and all these elements together that, that God is trying to communicate something to us. Remember, the story of Jesus' birth went this way, meaning that all these elements are something that are supposed to speak into us and how God moves this way in our lives. But before I go into it, I need to set this up. Um, I don't know how many of you are into YouTube. It, um, most, most people on this side of the planet are into YouTube and some of the new trends. And I thought I was into them, but my son-in-law explained a couple things that I didn't understand or I hadn't discovered yet. Um, apparently on YouTube, there's all these videos, but now whenever a new movie is being released or a new video game, it's now a big thing that if me and my friends are waiting for this movie to be revealed, we'll videotape us watching the trailer for the first time. Okay, so, or this new game being revealed to us. So whenever you know, so we get our friends together, we have the computer ready to go, we're about to watch the trailer of the new, let's say, like, Avengers movie, and we videotape ourselves watching the video. Now, if you're a baby boomer, you're probably out there going, oh my word, what in the heck is going on? Now, don't, don't judge it too quickly, um, because the interesting thing is that um, most of these videos are being watched more than six million times. So, so people are watching people watching 
people wanting a video. And you're like, you're kidding me. No, it, it, so, so uh, now advertisers have gotten a hold of this, so they put a commercial in front of it. So these people who are videotaping themselves watching a trailer of a new movie, seeing it for the first time, are actually making money off of doing this. And then there's six million people out there watching them do it. So I'm gonna show you a group of Marvel fans who are about to see the newest Avenger trailer for the very first time. So they've been waiting for this. They're into it, this is, this is their thing. So, so they put together, so I'm gonna show you the video of them watching the video, so you'll see that part. And then over on the side, we'll actually show you the clip of the new Marvel movie if you're interested in it, but we'll let you see what they're watching. But I want you to just give this a chance, and, and I want you to see how we're gonna be using this over the next few minutes. Let's watch them, watch them, watch it together. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we would become something more. So when they needed us, we could react to the trailers that they never could. Well, this is a pleasant surprise. All right, guys, it's super early in the morning. We're going to give all our proper thanks to everyone who helped us out with that sketch. Andrew, thanks for being here. But come on, it's the Avengers 4 trailer. Let's freaking do this already. Avengers Endgame? This thing on? You bet your Hey, Miss Bonds. If you find this recording, don't feel bad about this. Part of the journey is the end. Just for the record, being adrift in space with zero promise of rescue is more fun than it sounds. Food and water ran out four days ago. Oxygen will run out tomorrow morning. That'd be it. When I drift off, I will dream about you. He's talking exactly to his mask. <laughs> Not to Pepper. Scarecrow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanos did exactly what he said he was going to do. Yeah. He wiped out 50% of all living creatures. lost all of us we lost friends we lost family we lost a part of ourselves this is the fight of our lives this is gonna work steve <laughs> i know it is because i don't know what i'm gonna do if it doesn't he's shaped This is Scott Lang. <laughs> we met a few years ago at the airport. 
Germany, that got really big. Is this an old message? Ant-Man, Ant-Man, I know you know, I know you know that. It's the front door. That's me. Can you buzz me in? <laughs> All right, there you go. I know, before you, baby boomers, if you're out there, before you start judging this, let me just say, um, we watch race cars go round in a circle about 200 times and call that entertainment. So everybody's got their own thing. But I, I really, what I love about this video is that it's a reveal of people watching people watching people. Now, the reason why that begins to speak to me is because that's the cycle of a reveal that we tend to think that a reveal only occurs or the power of a reveal is when the reveal is revealed to the initial person, that that's where it stops. But it's not the person who's making the declaration. It's not the angels in this story. It is the subsequent people who witness it and then reveal it to someone else. See, that's when the, sh the shepherds get into play. So what happens in a reveal is people who are witnessing what the witnesses are witnessing. So it's this complete cycle of how this big reveal happens. Now you may think this YouTube video thing is silly, but it really is what's going on in Christmas. People watching people watch something for the first time is the plan of God. Instead of having angels show up every single generation throughout history, the plan is to have a reveal of the people who have seen the reveal, revealing it to those who have not seen the reveal. This is exactly how we are looking at the gospel story. It's a, it's a YouTube video of a group of guys who had a reveal, revealing the reveal to those who have not seen the reveal, and then we're out there, part of the six million, clicking on the video, watching the video. So I'm welcome to tell you, we're all millennials. And it turns out that maybe God's a millennial, because this is exactly how the process seems to work. Let me read you the story, and I want you to see the sequences of reveal taking place in this. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out of the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord revealed to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great joy. Somebody's watching somebody being resp responding with really great joy in communicating this. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in a swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with him whom he is well pleased. Now let me just tell you, this great reveal goes nowhere if the shepherds decide not to post the video on YouTube. I mean, if, if they don't post what they've seen, this whole reveal doesn't get revealed to anybody else other than to the shepherd. But here's what, how the reveal happens. And when the shepherds went away from, uh, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Jerusalem, let's post this on the internet, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us, what he has revealed to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now that's not where it stops. 
And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. They're revealing the reveal. And all who heard it, who were watching the YouTube, it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary, and this is going to be very important, but Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. See, the shepherds were watching something being revealed by the angels. And then Mary and Joseph listened to the reveal of the shepherds. They're not seeing the angels. So we, they're basically clicking on the shepherds and saying, we want to hear what you thought and what you saw, and we want to see your reaction to what's taking place. All of it being, all that excitement that they had, like we saw these gentlemen in this video. And all the while, you and I, throughout history, have witnessed the big reveal because we have been watching what was recorded of the reveal of the reveal of the reveal. See, this is how God communicates. This is how God reveals his plan and his story. This is not just a significant event to the shepherds that they go, wow, that was a heck of a night. And then they go on their own way. But the thing is, is this actual reveal does something to Mary. I mean, you would have thought Mary had enough information about the events of the future. I mean, she's, she's had to carry this child for nine months and was really unaware of uh, the intricacies other than the answer that God is going to do this on what's taking place. But have you ever been in that place where you've had God speak to your heart and you felt the closeness of God, and then about six months later when you're feeling adversity from what he said to you that maybe you're not so sure anymore about whether that was God or whether or not you're going to continue in this journey? Why do we think that Mary was any different? That now she's ridden on the back of this little donkey. She's had given birth to this baby in this, this manger. She's going to be chased for her life. And in the middle of it, God sends this reveal of a reveal to her. And when she listens to the shepherds, these millennials, you know, these, these people of just average birth, when she listens to their excitement and watches how they're responding, and she, it makes her ponder, and it makes her treasure something. But if, if the shepherds don't respond, if they don't post their reaction to what they're seeing, what happens to Mary's ponder and to what Mary treasures in her life? See, what we think about Christmas is a really big deal. It really is. Um, and the reason is, is because we are the reveal of the reveal. People are watching us watch something that we believe in. And how we respond is big. Because I don't know if any of you are into Avengers. Let's say you're not into Avengers. But you now know three people or seen three young men who are really into it. 
And as they were going through the video, you heard them begin to say things like, oh, Scarecrow and Ronin. And then they was like, you know, when, that, when the logo started disappearing the way that it did, and then when it started coming back, they were all like, wow, you know. And they were making, one guy was making a symbol with his hand and all this other stuff. So even if you don't believe it, you were brought into the excitement, the reveal, because of what you were seeing taking place. The thing what God is communicating to us, the way that Jesus is born in people's lives in America today is through the reveal of those who are watching, those who are watching, those who have seen. It's us. We are the YouTube video. We're the ones that people are going to click on, and what we think about Christmas and, and our passion about it is what they're going to see. They're probably not going to have angels in the middle of the field appearing to them. It doesn't seem to be the way that God on a normal way operates. So you could be here today and you could be, your response to the Christmas story is, oh, it's another Christmas. I hate Christmas. I stink in Christmas time. You know, yeah, I believe in it all, but you know, it's just another Christmas and, and that's all there is. Well, my point here today is, is, is somebody is watching your reveal. It may be your teenage son. It may be the people at work. It may be your spouse, but somebody is watching you watch the story of the Christmas story, and they're watching how you respond. Now, I will tell you, I am probably more likely to see the Avengers, the end game, which I did not know the name of it until I watched the reveal of the reveal of the reveal. I am more likely to watch it because I saw how those guys responded to it. It's like, well, apparently this is, this is a thing, and, and apparently this is really cool, and this is really big, even though I don't have a lot of information about it. You could be here, and maybe you're not responsive, because you're one of our more stoic Christians, and I appreciate you being here, um, because you're not excited because you are correlating the pagan traditions um, with the Christmas story, and we don't want to be a part of that and all. It's like, uh, so therefore, since there's trees around, we're not going to get too excited about Christmas. And we want to make sure that our reveal is that everybody knows we're not excited about Christmas because of what some stinking pagans did for, back in 400 AD. Let me just tell you, you only get your kids and your neighbors and your boss and your spouse for about 70 years. And if we're going to hold back our passion for the birth of Christ because we're worried about what that Christmas tree can do to us or some guy with a big fluffy beard, we're out of our minds. No wonder the world is no longer pondering and treasuring the Christmas story. It's because we're not. They're looking at us and say, well, you know what? The Christians are moaning and complaining about shopping too. The Christians are moaning and complaining. Matter of fact, I, I was... Up until I gave this message in the first service, I was doing some moaning complaining. There's this uh, parade that we do in our subdivision every year. And, not, and you know, everybody decorates their golf cart. I don't have a golf cart. If you want to loan me a golf cart for the night, I'd really appreciate it. But I don't have a golf cart, so me and Susan will be on our bikes. Um, but the big thing is, is that we hand out the candy to kids in the other neighborhoods and so we bag up, and, and I, we actually get the youth involved in this here at Crosstown because it's a real outreach, and we, we hand out candy all of the... But here's the thing. That parade is right in the middle of the Patriots-Steelers football game. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. 
And so I have been just complaining about doing it, but I have to do it because kids have got to get their candy, you know, and, and we got little Jesus stickers that we're going to give them and everything. It's kind of a witness, but I don't want to do it. You know, so I all of a sudden realized that if you're watching the video of me watching the video of me wanting to help people who, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to want to join this parade. You're not going to want to be a part of this. And maybe you're out here and you've got 100,000 objections to the, to the traditions of Christmas. Well, that's fine. This culture that we live in, remember the days of T-ball, the little black uh, rubber thing with the post-it sticks up and they put the ball on and you're a little kid and you kind of like hit the pipe, hit the pipe, and then maybe hit the ball once. You know, this culture only serves up an opportunity for us to, serve, to hit the ball like twice. Easter and Christmas. And if in those two seasons, the ones that we still got are, that are still Jesus-centered, we're moaning and complaining about it? I mean, they're clicking on that video every year. Twice a year, they click on Christmas and Easter, and they look around to see how are the, the people that love Jesus responding? All the shepherds in the world, are they still rejoicing? Are they still running and telling somebody about what they have seen? Are they still giving something to people to ponder and to be treasured? I don't think that's what's happening because it's happened to me and I think it's happened to our culture. And the reason why our culture no longer treasures Christianity is because I don't think Christians treasure Christianity. We, we no longer, you know, are amazed by the reveal. And when people look to us, well, they're anxious and they're afraid and they're cheating on their spouses and they're not any happier and they're angry. You know, there's a lot of other things to watch on the internet that are a lot more enjoyable than watching somebody who does not believe the story they're watching. I mean, this is, this is really strong. Maybe it's, it's talking to you like it's talking to me. Um, maybe you hate Christmas because of all the fake stuff and the commercialized stuff or the expense of it or the busyness of it. But remember, people are watching people about the birth of Christ. And the reveal of Christ goes right through you. That's how it happens. God's been YouTubing it for centuries through people watching the reveal of the reveal. There's a real cool story that Jesus uses an example to show us this YouTube reveal of a reveal of a reveal. Um, he was taking a moment outside of a, a little town. He was resting, and he encountered this woman. She had been, she'd been married like five times before. Now the guy she's living with um, is not her husband, and Jesus you know, has a conversation with her about that. Um, but I want you to see how the reveal of the reveal of the reveal works. In John 4, we told a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now he probably said, please. Um, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink for me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And Jesus continued and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, pointing to the well. 
But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, he will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. She has the reveal. She's the initial reveal. Jesus reveals things to her about her life and about God's intentions for her and how she can have a spring of living water flowing out of her life. We have the first reveal take place. But listen to how the flow of reveal is supposed to go. The story continues. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? She decides that she's going to post on, Facebook, on, on YouTube, she's going to post what she saw and her reaction to what she saw. But she leaves her jar behind. And see, I think it's really important that, that we value the message that God has asked us to convey and to reveal, and that we're willing to leave maybe our attitude behind, maybe we're to leave the busyness of our life behind, or that the jar represented everything about her. It connected her to this well, to her people, to her business, to her identity, and she leaves it all behind because she esteems the reveal greater than everything else. It's like this is the most important time of the year that we're remembering that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He said, dude, you're embarrassing yourself. I am willing to leave my jar behind because I believe the reveal. And people are clicking on our lives looking to see how much we believe the reveal. And as a result, we are told they went out of the town and were coming to Jesus. Why? Did they see angels in a field? Why? Did an angel appear to them in a dream? Why? Did Jesus talk to them about their relationships? No. They went out of their town because they had watched the reveal. They were one of the six million that clicked on the, on the reveal and decided that her passion and that what she communicated was so real to her that they were going to go out and see what it was about. But it doesn't stop there. Because remember, people watching people watching people leads to a big reveal. John 4.39 continues, Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. Some people just fall in love with, with Avengers because they'll watch a video clip like that and be like, wow, that's really cool. It's a really cool movie. Have you seen it? No, but I know it's cool because I watched how they responded to it. And I believe that it's cool because, and so there were people, her reveal was so convincing that people believed in Jesus just because of her reveal. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because his word. But here's the really cool thing. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and now we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. They 
watched her watching Jesus, and they believed. But then when they came, they pondered and treasured all things, and then they said, we know for ourselves. See, the question that God's asking us today is, is are you giving anybody anything to ponder and treasure? You know, are you, are you, are people watching you and are like, dang, she's got something. Something's going on. And I remember I hated my father for most of my life. It was, it was sad, but I hated him. And he, he gave me some reasons to hate him. And, and I probably gave him uh, some response back to it. Um, but I, I think one of the most impactful moments of my life was, a, I, I don't know exactly how long ago it was, but when my father decided to surrender his life to Christ. Now, he was an older gentleman at that time. I was now getting older, and I was very much rooted in my anger and hate for him. But there was something about his reveal of Jesus in his life. It's like, this is a World War II guy, hardcore engineer. And somehow he's getting all mushy and Jesus on me. It's like, what the heck's that all about? And then there was a point where, yeah, well, I don't want the God that you got because I don't believe in the God that you got, and you, that's between you and... But then there was the kindness that started to come, and then the compassion, and the, then the hugging. You know, we, didn't, we weren't a hugging family. We just weren't that way. It was kind of like punch each other in the shoulder and, I love you. Yeah, sure. Okay. You know, it was kind of like that was the way our family was. But, but Pop started to hug, and... Pop would talk about Jesus. I would hear Pop when he would visit us at our house. He would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, the old coot. He would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, put it on his AM radio, listening to J. Vernon McGee, and sing the old gospel hour, and he'd be whistling it, and I'd be in my room. I, uh, I'm going to bust that stupid AM radio. I just can't believe. But even in the middle of all that, I said to myself, something has gotten into that old guy. And... You know, I think I'm beginning to believe that if something could get into him and change his hard heart, maybe it is something worth understanding what has been revealed to him. See, you may have asked God to reveal himself to a friend or a loved one, maybe to your spouse, maybe to your, maybe to your kid, your teenager, maybe to your boss, your workplace. And what you're waiting for is a herd of angels to show up in some field someplace, and to blow them away. Now, that's not normative on how God does things. What's normative is, is that the reveal will probably come from your response to your reveal. That's how it's going to be. It's YouTube. They're going to click on your video, and they're going to watch how you respond watching the story of the gospel. And if you owe hum it, if you just blow it off, they're probably not going to buy into what you're buying into. I wish God would just show up in a great star and it would stop right over Hollywood and Ravenel and Goose Creek and it would sit there and, and just kind of shout out the glory of God. But the way that it works, the way that it proves that it can work in human beings is only by seeing human beings be transformed by it. The only way human beings listen is when other human beings are saying things or are passionate about things. Human beings are influenced by the reveal of other things in other human beings. Oh, I wonder what she's driving. I wonder where they live. 
I wonder how much money they make. I wonder what they're doing. Well, how'd they get that? How'd they end up with this? Oh, I like what she's wearing. The reveal takes place when we watch reveal happening in other people's lives, and then we, we buy into the reveal. And that's exactly the same way. If you're waiting for God to appear over your, your loved ones, it's probably not going to happen. Okay? And what God wants to have happen is that you're so excited about the Christmas story that anybody can roll their mouse over your video and double-click it, and they watch you. And for a while, they may believe in God because you believe in God. They may be coming to church just because their wife is coming to church. Don't mess with that. That's great. That's how it happens for all of us. We believe for a while because somebody else believes. But then we arrive at the same place as the Samaritans and we say, I no longer believe because of your, your video. I now know for myself that he is the Christ. And then we continue the reveal. This is why Jesus said things like this. He said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. You are. You're the reveal. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people take a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Your light. I know you, it's not really my light, Paul. It's really God's light in me. A whoopty, stinking do. But you know what? It's your, Jesus said it was your light. If you're not lit up with Jesus, I would prefer you don't tell anyone about Jesus because he's something worth being lit up about. So he said, listen, your light, how the reveal has revealed in you will be the reveal to other people. Paul said in Philippians 2.14, he said, speaking about Christmas parties and shopping in the mall, he said, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted and a confused generation among whom you're supposed to shine as lights in the world, that you're supposed to be the reveal. We're just good Christians praying that God would reveal himself to somebody else, and God is like, yeah, 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 you, tube. You're, you're the reveal in your generation. Isaiah said in, in chapter 60, he says, arise, double click, arise and shine for your light has come. Though the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, we know where we're getting the illumination from, so God is still God and I'm not God, but God says that if I have God, it should become my light. He's like, you're the one they're going to watch. They're not getting a herd of angels appearing over their house. You are a more convincing reveal. So the star and the wise men and the shepherds and the angels are all part of this initial reveal. But the big reveal today comes from you. You give those watching something to ponder and treasure. So that makes me think really hard. It's like... Well, my neighbors aren't interested in Jesus. You know, or my kids aren't interested in God. Okay, is that God's will? Or is it possible I'm not giving them something to ponder? Or I'm not giving them something to treasure? 
See, if I was going to go watch a movie, if I was going to go watch The Avengers, I'd like to sit with those three guys. It w- I would buy the popcorn not to see just the movie, but to watch those guys watch the movie. That's how passionate they are. And Jesus said, you and I are the light of the world. So maybe if people in your family or in your workplace, or maybe the Christmas has been lost, maybe it's because we just haven't been giving them anything to ponder and anything to treasure. And so this isn't to indict you to make you feel bad about that Christmas parade that I got to do at 6.30 this afternoon. But maybe I need to go back to the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, the spirit of revelation, to ask God to fill me afresh with the light of God so that I can be the reveal to the world. That God, once again, I turn back into the pages of that moment. And by the spirit of God, as if I was standing there with the shepherds, you have revealed yourself to me. So, Father God, as we enter into this moment, maybe we've gotten off course, but we've got eight, nine days that, that God, we can be the giant reveal of Christ to the world around us. So, Father, once again, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that you sent him to the world and that you rose from the dead, that I may have new life. God, I pray that you fill each and every one with the spirit of revelation, so that through us, the world may see that when they double-click and they hear the story of Christ, that even if they don't believe initially in you, they will at least believe enough of God in me to want to see more. So, Father, move in this place today as we come to the table of Christ to remind ourselves to stir up within us the great reveal of God, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We thank you, Father.